0: Is the, this is the silent episode. We're just
1: going to whisper everything. So I hope you our, enjoy it. This is our ASMR episode. Can you hear? Can
0: you hear it? This, this is me sipping wine. <laughs>
1: Was me f- sipping fake gin and soda water.
0: Notice how I was very dainty, and he just went right for it. I
1: wanted it to be a flash flood.
0: Mm, flash <laughs> flood. Let's find some trigger words honeysuckle. Buzz. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, welcome to <laughs> Steer Queer. <laughs> Hi, everybody. This is Kyle. <laughs> Hi, I'm Cody. That's right. It's me. It's Cody you know, in the flesh. In the fle- it's Cody in the flesh. You don't get a you don't get a snarky witty retort this time, folks. You have to watch the main episodes. No, because today is a mini episode or whatever we're calling these futures. Woohoo! These are our Diane Sawyer specials. <laughs> oh, my God. Meet the cast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, my heroes are Diane Sawyer and my mom. Although I do hope I turn out more like Diane Sawyer than my mom.
0: <laughs> it's, I love all of those, like, Diane Sawyer, Barbara Walters, you know, specials. Because they always have the same sort of formula where it's like, they, they kind of, it's like a sense of false safety, you know, you have you're watching this person, <laughs> and you're like, oh, like that's really great. Like they had such a nice upbringing, and oh, they love they love dogs. I love dogs too. And then all of a sudden, do you suffer with alcohol poisoning or alcohol abuse all the time? And it's like, oh my god. Totally-
1: <laughs> Barbara Walters is the queen of that because she. Whenever she, particularly in the last several years, when she would have trans individuals on her show, it was always like, Mm -hmm. so if you took your clothes off in front of me, you would look like a woman. It's like, why are you, who, who, who in the studio? Who are you? Who, who let her ask that question? She is getting to an age where we should be double checking her work before she gets on camera.
0: Like, oh, you know, I'm of the opposite opinion. Just let it go. It's, it's a fun train wreck to watch. And I mean, they probably, they either, either they're that high up their assholes that they don't notice it or there's some very very smart execs that are like yes this is ratings <laughs> oh
1: my god i just feel bad Which for is the a poor terrible person thing, on then. the couch like it's none of anybody's oh, yeah.
0: business <laughs>
1: you know i love laverne cox though well, do you laverne remember cox the like shi, 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 shi. she like shushed katie Couric. was like shi, 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 shi. You oh know, not gonna ask me that question and i won't answer it it was lovely
0: do yeah. you remember um remember the what was it that, what was it? Well, I'll, I'll think of that one in a minute. Do you remember the uh, Sarah Palin interview with Diane Sawyer? <laughs> that oh just, god. that uncomfortable moment in history. Oh, oh, my god. Caitlyn Jenner. That was the other one I was thinking of. Remember the Caitlyn Jenner interview? Oh
1: god, I try to block that one out of my brain. You know that what, was, kumbaya, live your life but i don't need to know anything about it <laughs> this is basically my attitude towards Caitlyn jenner
0: you know yeah be
1: well but for those of you talent. that <laughs>
0: <laughs> well for those of you that have been with us since episode 1 you know that typically i start the episode off with not only a witty retort but also a shot of the week and since i've decided to do away with that equation i'm just drinking a straight up glass of wine i am drinking a rosé also known as the Brittany of wines and mm. i'm going to en- i'm going to enjoy it in my room on a hot summer june day cheers queers
1: cheers queers um <sighs> kyle yes. how are you doing let's um, check in my yeah friend. <laughs> it's so uh by the way uh, just uh just to, to to let everybody know i am i'm cheersing with a uh, soda water, which is one of the fancy La um, mm-hmm. with an uh, alternative gin, which is called Ritual. And it is uh, botanical alternatives to uh, alcohol that kind of have the same flavor and viscosity of an alcohol, because I have made the decision that for my own physical and mental health, I'm no longer drinking for the foreseeable future. I did this about a month ago, I think. Yeah, well, like in April I started and I did a whole month and then I added alcohol back in my diet for a month and I'm making the decision that, you know what? The month before was better than the last one. So I think that's just where I personally am at with alcohol. I wouldn't call myself I in say recovery. kudos to that. <laughs> oh, thank you. Cheers again. <laughs> um, We're not needing to go to Betty Ford anytime soon. Oh my God. But but I will say that, you know, uh, I I am one for unhealthy relationships with things that I really love, and sometimes I need to tell those things that we can't hang out anymore for a while. You know, we just have we we have to reevaluate yeah. our relationship. But uh, otherwise, it's, it's um, a good thing. I uh, you know we're 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 doing our best. I'm still teaching teaching out of the house, teaching piano and voice, and went back to teaching one well one class twice a week at the Y in the pool. So at least I can social distance and stay away from everybody. And I'm still a hundred, not a hundred percent sure how I feel about it, but you know, life, ah, life. But uh, the biggest news is, uh, you know, the fact that I'm laid up with this damn Um, which is a joy. Um, I don't know, Cody, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but my ankle swells up like a grapefruit and suddenly I can't walk for like a week and a half to two weeks. So
0: uh it oh, happens so it. oh, it's it's delicious it's so gross it's awful it's but, um... it's a delight y'all <laughs> so you I... wish you wish you were friends with him on marco polo <laughs> you're missing out
1: <laughs> oh god i i just creep on our conversations and don't answer and then i put in a video with my
0: i think like i I think I re, re, like sent a message to Kyle once like hey just checking in how's everything going and then I didn't hear from him and then like a day or two later there's just a video of his ankle. So this <laughs> like, is how oh. I'm doing. <laughs> like oh, that ex- that explains a whole lot. <laughs> oh god.
1: But uh but no we, uh, we 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 have a we have a travel plan around the house and I've been wheeling around in a computer chair. Uh, when when walking becomes oh, yeah. a little bit difficult, but otherwise uh things are you know relatively good where uh, we're we're seeing my therapist on the regular, which is great. We're seeing. We're doing a video teleconference. Um, I was gonna say, but no, no. I'm I, uh, I'm back to um I'm back to staying in the house as much as possible. Um, the uh, you know yeah whoop whoop um, party over here, <laughs> not really. Please stay, stay away. away. I love you all. Go away. Um, But how about you? Tell us us a little something about what's going on besides the fact that it is sweaty hot. Sweaty hot.
0: It is so hot out there and I'm over it because (laughs) all I want to do is, like today, I decided to torture myself (laughs) for vanity's sake. I wore black skinny jeans with a denim denim button-up just so, just so I could wear these brand new suede brown harness boots. And Tony, that, was that is it. an outfit for October.
1: That is an October I know.
0: outfit. I know, but I <laughs> they're just sitting there and I really wanted to wear them. And I thought, you know, common sense be damned. I'm going to go out and I'm going to look fabulous <laughs> while I do it. And it's going be great. And then the end of the day, well, because I'm in an air-conditioned building. So I thought, well, that's not going to matter. But then 5.30 came around and I punched out and it was the longest walk to my car. <laughs> and then then I get the text from my from my mom, what are you doing? And that's not, and anybody that knows, that has a family, so a few of you, you know that when your parent texts you, what are you doing? They're not really interested in your life. They're asking, what labor can I put you, can I drag you into <laughs> how <laughs> no, much free exactly. time you have. <laughs> so I said, why? Because I'm, you know, I'm defensive. I don't, I don't answer a question. I answer a question with a question. Why? So <laughs> she goes, are you coming home? Or are, you going to the, are you going to the grocery store? Well, I'd like to come home because I'm hot as fuck. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so no, um, what, let's see. Other than that poor wardrobe choice, which by the way, I stand by because I got at least five comments. So I was like, pat myself on the back. Makes it all worth it. My sweaty, sweaty back. Pat (laughs) pat it on the back. Um, No, otherwise, you know, life is good. Um, You know, pharmacy world is the pharmacy world. I'm very, I'm very blessed to have the job I do. Um, And I give, I credit that to it being a small independent family run pharmacy. We have a small enough base where we, we all are like a family. Our, our patients are phenomenal. I don't think we, we've only got like on a scale of, or the ratio, excuse me, like there's for every hundred good patients, there's like one pain in the ass patient and there's really no pain in the ass patient. So it makes work a in a sense, kind of a joy to go to every day. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's going well. Uh, COVID is, is still a thing. And, um, Wait, wait! I long... thought I thought we ended that. Didn't that end? Isn't that over? Didn't we solve? Didn't we solve that along with racism in <laughs> episode two? Oh my god! <laughs> no, I I I I charged at it with Moonflower. Remember, I. That's right. That's right. How was your trip with Moonflower? Tell us all about it. Oh, you know, um, if I could, I would. But <laughs> you can <laughs> There's just not enough time. And even if I told you, you wouldn't believe me. But let me tell you, it was magical. <laughs> but, but let me I, tell you, okay. <laughs> but let me tell you, Moonflower is great. I love Moonflower. I hope all of you love Moonflower as well. He's, he's, a, he's a valuable asset to my life. Into um, the just cause. This is such bullshit. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> in summation, life is good. Moving on. <laughs> so the way these episodes are going to work, folks, is it's going to be two of us at a time and kind of not in a joking way yeah kind of like a diane sawyer interview we just want you guys to get to know us um so i'm gonna be asking kyle various questions and we're gonna just have a fun chat along the way um so a little little bit about more about kyle and i like we had said in episode one we went to university together so we have a shared passion for um the arts and theater musical theater etc and first of all kyle when did that start for you when did when did the love of the arts enter your life?
1: You know, I think, well, first of all, um, I I feel like there are a lot of things from my childhood that I, I have mixed feelings about, but one thing that I will always say that I think my parents did absolutely right was they were very sure to like sing with us and play music with us and make sure that we had an appreciation for reading and books and games. And uh, like, I. I would memorize songs along with my mom. I knew my alphabet before I went to kindergarten just because we learned the alphabet song and you know how to sing it. So I think it, it started from that. And then by the time I was in elementary school, I knew I really loved music class. It was my favorite class to go to. I also loved going to art class, but if you look at my art projects from that time period, I was an enthusiastic artist, but not
0: necessarily a gifted one. Uh, <laughs> there, uh, I, think my, yeah. I think my second grade art teacher basically said the same thing, but it, it, it summed it up in three words. Well, you tried.
1: I mean, yes, like, you know what, he shows up every day and he does it. He just tries so hard. Um, But by the time I was in third and fourth grade, we did musicals at our elementary school and uh, I auditioned in third grade and in third grade, I was one of the lucky third graders who got like a small speaking part and then when I was in fourth grade, I got to play one of the leads. So it was like a, I have it on a VHS tape if you ever wanna watch it, it's embarrassing. But one thing that I will say about it because I did recently watch it because I was relabeling videotapes. I was like, I don't know what's on any of these tapes. And I finally got our VCR to work. So I was going through it and I was, I was watching it. And I was like, you know what, vocally, if I had myself as a student right now, I'd be like, you kind of know what you're doing. Um, So it was, so I like, I I feel like I kind of understood music. I was really good at the recorder. Um, You know, that thing that, that, that a lot of kids do in fourth grade. Um, And then I joined band and choir in fifth grade. And I did, I I auditioned for all the plays starting in seventh grade um, and did several, several performances at my high school, as well as with the community theater, I think in all total in high school, I did about 28 or 30 musical productions between my high school and the community theater because I was just always in something. And also my early college, I have to include that in there, in, in that number too. Yeah, so I think it was just, it was just kind of
0: like always in my life. Um, do, you have a, do you have a favorite performance? Is that, is that or do you just- I think, so there's, there's
1: there's a few that are up there. Um, there are several shows I would never do again. Um, we'll sorry, get to maybe, those in a second. Yeah, uh, sorry. Sorry to all those shows. There's just a couple I don't ever have to do again. Um, I think but, I know at least one of them. Yeah, maybe one of them. Um, but uh, I really loved... Let's see, where did I do that? That was at the Chippewa Valley Theater Guild. I did the 25th annual Putnam County County Spelling Bee. Let me say that again without slurring my words. I haven't even been drinking. The 25th (laughs) annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, um, which is a uh, a musical about a bunch of awkward 12-year-olds who are all dealing with life and also having to be in a spelling bee. And it's an audience participation show where you bring up several members of the audience who all have to spell words and as they get out we sing goodbye to them and then the show can't go on until all of them have gotten out so we have to use made up words occasionally like fake words that aren't even real and you can't spell them right because they don't exist um so that that kind of a show it's like improv meets yeah uh so it kind of interactive and i really loved that show i played chip and Chip Tolentino and I got to sing what is now one of my favorite songs I've ever sang, which is "My Unfortunate Erection" or Chip's Lament. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it, it was a it was a blast. And I think the other show that would top that list would actually be when we were at UWL, which was a Spring Awakening, which was a bucket list show. I've always wanted to be in it, and I played the exact character that I always wanted to play, which was Ernst. The um, the the small kind of meek kind of wants to be a priest, but also is super gay, um, which kind of describes me in high school. So um, yeah, I'm not religious anymore. And you were fantastic. But. <laughs> by the way. Oh, thank you. It he was really it was, was, he really was. was. Um, yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed that show. I thought that um, it was it was an interesting process. Educational theater always is. Um, but, uh, uh, as, as you can attest, as we both went to UWL, it was, uh, it was a, an incredible learning experience on a number of different levels.
0: Yeah. I mean, we got to talk about that kiss. Oh my God. <laughs> no, no, uh, no, we don't. <laughs> that was
1: actually, um, we didn't really rehearse that. I feel like Walter just trusted. That was the director of the show, by the way, uh, for all of you who don't know, um, his name was Walter. Our uh,
0: Walter- UWL guru
1: yes indeed um taught a lot of my favorite classes movement voice and diction uh, acting three you know just uh which was styles stylistic things and yeah it uh just to put the- it just to put oh, it into ahead.
0: perspective for because people don't know sorry just want to put into perspective for people that you know didn't have walter or don't know who walter is think willy wonka meets the dalai lama <laughs> so that's that's who our our theater one of our theater professor performing professors was so anyway so continue <laughs> <laughs> and uh that has a good, good
1: reference though that hair um very wilder right? um but very. Uh, <laughs> oh oh so the kiss so, so the kiss in that show was one of the first times i had ever had to kiss somebody on stage like really kiss somebody on stage and we never really rehearsed it because we were just sort of trusted to like know what was happening i think we did that scene in rehearsal and a total of like two or three times. And yeah, opening night, it was just sort of like a, it it was clunky and clumsy, which is exactly how it was supposed to be. And then we go in for like, like almost go in for a second one, which would have been a better kiss, but then where we weren't supposed to actually. So it was, yeah, it was just like, but I did a lot of kissing. I realized at UW. Well, I also kissed somebody in a show I got, um, I got roped into at the local one of the local community theaters um, at the the pump house in uh, mm-hmm. in in La Crosse, and I I got roped in like the like two days before tech week, and they were just like, "Can you can you like join us and be a bunch of ensemble roles?" And I was like, "Sure, like I'm I'm not doing anything. It's right before my last semester, <laughs> and I don't have a job. And sure, yes." And I remember th- that rehearsal, the guy who was playing um My Love Interest was like, Okay, I'm gonna go for it before he just like came in for the kiss. And I was like, Oh, just fuck, like <laughs> hi. Which again made it kind of believable. Um mm-hmm. so you know, Absolutely.
0: Yeah, UWL was a was a trip and a half. That was a
1: weird time in my
0: oh life. Oh my god, it was so we <laughs> we could fill a hole two or three episodes just talking about uwl but then we'd probably get in a lot of trouble <laughs> I, I know i'm 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 like we'd, tiptoeing
1: around names i feel sorry walter didn't mean to say you by name Hypno. right
0: i think that's like the one name we can do we'd have to use so many bleep sounds and we'd have to just have a whole array of them just to keep the variety going um there's so much tea we could spill but anyway yeah so one thing that Kyle and I shared in common, especially in the arts realm is we are both very, we're not your typical male cast for various Mm. reasons. Um, (laughs) Kyle, as, as he's mentioned before, is a little lower in height. Kyle, what's your height? Uh,
1: Five foot two and a half.
0: Mm -hmm. Don't you forget that half. Don't you ever forget that half. That's important. (laughs) I am. Well, my mom always said, um, I'm six foot one. And she'd go, and three quarters. <laughs> <My God. laughs> Telling you you're taller than you think <laughs> <Yeah>. you are. <laughs> going to the doctor before I was 18 with my mother and the nurse goes like, let's take your weight and your height. And they'd ask you first. I don't know why they'd ask you, but then you're just going to take a measurement anyway. But you're like, oh, right. I'm six foot one. And my mom would go, and three quarters. <laughs> <Psych>. <laughs> So then as I got older, I'm like, it's just 6'2". Let's just round up. <laughs> <laughs> That's just easier. But, yeah. But um, anyway, more seriously. So yeah, Kyle and I both, I mean, so from in my perspective, okay, 6'2", why is that a problem? Well, I am typically a little more, not as, I'll say masculine for a more of a leading male role, um, I, my body type is, I literally had a, a, a professor once tell me, yeah, you could be a leading man if you lost weight. So that that tells you where I'm at. But also, also, um, I just don't, I don't uh, exude a lot of testosterone in my performance. And also, um, I am half Puerto Rican. So both of us kind of know what it feels like to get either typecast or kind of looked over you know, and it's not looking at our work so much as, or what we can bring and what we can offer. It's more very surfacy. Um, Did you feel that way? Did you f- ever feel that way growing up, whether it's at school or with family? Like, did you ever feel like people really didn't see who you were and maybe just made assumptions or maybe uh, I want to say like, didn't give you a chance? Do you know what, kind of what I'm saying? Absolutely. And um, for me, I think it depends upon
1: where I was. Um, at my high school, I would say that I'd, and, and in high school, I had a lot more like fiery energy and I really like, I worked hard. I really wanted to be the best. I wanted to be the best I could be. And that got a little competitive at times We were small school. So, um, so I definitely like, I, I, I fought by the time I was a junior and a senior to like get some leading roles in plays. And I made sure that I did my work, that I memorized my lines, that I, was you know showing all of the all of the traits of like an actor who knows how to do the work like that's what I wanted, and at the community theater, um, I was never really destined to get that many leading roles. A lot of the shows that we did were not um, were not necessarily for that. Like the two shows that I just described were shows in which I was an adult playing a child like that is that is where i tend to get i tend to get cast in leading roles um especially in musicals cuz it's it's kind of like the gimmick of the show um but I, yeah it's it i think as i got a little older i started realizing that by especially once i got a hold on my own abilities by by late high school early college and i started understanding how my voice worked and everything else i started realizing that a I didn't fit the leading man type, not just because of my physical stature, but because of how I felt about masculinity and um, being a queer individual, and that took a lot of time to to, to gestate. Because I I wanted leading roles, but leading roles, leading male roles can really suck. Like they're kind of boring, or the guys the guys terrible.
0: Um, they really are. <laughs> and I mean, it's, it's, everybody it's, goes, "I want the lead in the play," but you don't realize that half the time the lead is the worst part. It's so. Dry and boring, <laughs> right?
1: Just like just like, yeah, just just so terrible, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, so, but, but I still, you know, I, I wanted to be recognized for the things that I could do, and I still remember one of the last days, one of my last days at UWL, somebody uh, raised their hand during studio class and said, "You know, it's interesting. I was singing "Hey there from Pajama game," which is one of my go- to like audition songs for um for more classic musical theater songs and somebody raised their hand and said you know i never i never thought i would see you as a leading man type but but i feel like when you sing that i feel like i i never i never thought you had it in you to play the leading man and at the time i was like conflicted i was like thank you because it was kind of a backhanded compliment um right. but also i was like I'm mostly upset because I have to like exhibit these specific traits in order to be seen as a leading man. And mm-hmm. now as I've gone forward and I went through my m- more theater training at the um, Theater Lab School of Dramatic Arts out in DC, I did a year program there before going back to get my master's in education. And I think what I learned is that I am not a man. And so I don't want to play one um, in a lot of ways. I've. I've started kind of dabbling in like writing my own stuff and I'm working on some, some new works that are told from a more non-binary lens, because I, I don't really know where my identity is, but I know it's not within the binary. I know I'm not really a man and I'm not really a woman. I just, I am more fluid than that. And that can be very difficult for casting directors because sometimes I'll walk in the room and they have an idea of what I'm going to do. And then, I sing my audition song and either it's what they want or it's not what they want, but sometimes I'll get called back for a role that I know absolutely they're not going to cast me for. So we're just kind of wasting everybody's time for the sake of like, I don't know, calling back a certain number of people. I'm not even sure where that really comes from or they're like, interested to see how I'll do at the callback, but it's always like I show up, I'm prepared, I'm gonna do the thing at the callback, and then I end up being like head chorus, you know, like I Yeah, it's almost
0: up. like a kind of a game that gets played. Like and you're you're just like, well what I'd I'd rather you just tell me no than yeah, let's get you into round two. Yeah, let's get you into round three and then and then you're not it. You know, like we already know how this is gonna go. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but one thing I liked, you know what it one thing I was thinking about when you mentioned, you know, non-binary and, um, I was reminded of your senior recital Mm. and you, you opened it. If I remember correctly, you opened it with a number and you did, you did drag or, yeah. Um, so So I wanted to know, um, and I loved it. It was so great. And one of the reasons I loved it was because I was sitting in front of these two jock freshmen who were taking like theater appreciation <laughs> and they worked in the scene shop. And I remember I this remember because I, I they did not know what to do or what to thank you just could, t- like they were, they were literally just there because they had to write an essay on, and they, they realized in that moment, oh, I picked the wrong show to see. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, honey, you picked the right show to see, <laughs> learn something. But um, did you always feel I mean, what I loved about that is because you were just so you exuded life and confidence and pride and you were just your best self. And I wonder, did you always feel that way growing up? Were you always that comfortable with your sexuality and being fluid? Were you, Did you always have that in you or did you have to learn how to claim that?
1: Uh, The short answer, no. Um, However, no with a but, I think. Um, No, I was not that comfortable. As I mentioned before, I grew up very religious. I was raised Catholic. And right around the time of my confirmation, I was like, I don't know if any of this is for me. Um, And I didn't know how to say that at the time. So, and at one point in time, I actually seriously considered the idea of becoming a priest because it was. I felt really accepted in our youth group and I really enjoyed that facet of religion. And then when I got older and I started thinking about who I was as a person, I was like, Oh shit. I don't think this is where I belong and this doesn't work. And my whole identity was in crisis. And when I first came out, I came out to a very select core of people and I came out, I am one of those unfortunate people that gives credence to a stereotype that is not true. Um, But I definitely was by now, Gay later, kind of um, that 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 kind of old saying, which is untrue because it's bi erasure. There are definitely real bi people in the world. I just was not one of them necessarily. Um, so I just said I said it was bi, and then um, a friend of mine really uh, was very into me. She um, she pursued me because again I was bi. No, I was not. <laughs> uh, so it just didn't work out that way, and but that whole time period was like two different lives right it was my like at school life i dressed in oversized old navy clothing and let my hair grow in the worst kind of way like i never i was i was like so queer but at the same time not like i could walk into a room and not open my mouth and you might not know right away so i was kind of a repressed individual in high school and then i got to college And I walked into the green room at UW River Falls, and you've met some of my friends from River Falls. They're all fabulous people. And I just, I just remembered that the moment I walked into that room, I immediately felt like, oh, I'm so accepted here, and everybody just knows I'm gay, and I haven't said anything, and it's not a big deal, and I'm so, I'm so like relieved and perplexed and confused, and, um, and it took a lot, and I think a lot of a lot of the things that stymied me as a performer, and I'm still kind of. Un- unlayering is that i was constantly fighting this battle of wanting to be straighter on stage but not wanting that at the same time so i lived in this like weird in between and i couldn't figure out yeah where which is why i love characters where that doesn't matter um and i love characters where like because I played charlie brown charlie brown doesn't really have a sexuality necessarily he could be whatever you want to be he was played by anthony <laughs> the motherfucking rap you know for, for 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 fuck's sake like he was played by a gay man in the in the broadway revival alongside Kristen Chenoweth. like who cares right.
0: um i think the only person that had a sexual a sexual yearning was sally i don't think any of them <laughs> nobody else knew well lucy i suppose too because she was just yearning for lusting after schroeder but none of those other kids knew he didn't even know what an orgasm was <laughs> I think, I so to say like yeah charlie brown had no idea what his sexuality is that's accurate i mean
1: like, i mean yeah i mean they're eight none of them <laughs> did they're
0: fucking kids like uh, they're, they're like the kids in like the whitest suburbs with one token black friend <laughs> oh franklin i mean for Oh, being here, Franklin. Um, and yeah, remember, what was it? Remember, was it last year or the year before where they there was an uproar about like the Thanksgiving episode, where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, because Franklin's go by himself, and it's like I don't know what to think about that. Yeah, <laughs> but it, anyway, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God,
1: it so yeah. To to kind of like like finish answering your question, I feel like it's only just now that I'm like really reclaiming that. I went through a period of time in River Falls where I felt and like late. In my time in in UWEC, because I've also I also transferred several times while I was in college. I didn't know where I wanted to be or what I wanted to do, um, so I ended up at River Falls, UW Claire, and then finally UW Lacrosse, where I finally graduated. And but at UWEC, I started experimenting with a little bit. We went to a couple of like parties where I was able to dress in drag. I did drag for Halloween. I did we did the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, or we, we went to the Rocky Horror Picture Show and dressed up for it. Like it was, it was a lot of that type of stuff where I felt very comfortable as long as I was with other people doing the same thing, but was like not comfortable doing it by myself. And it was constantly surrounded by this energy that kept telling me that because, I, because of what was between my legs, I was supposed to be a certain way as a performer, and I was never able to conform to that. And I was never able to understand why. And I would get frustrated and upset, and I think that came out sideways as arrogance or like, I feel like I deserve something I'm not getting. And I think thinking back on it now, there was probably a little bit of that, obviously, but I think more than just ego, there was also this like frustration and confusion of like, I don't understand what it is I'm supposed to be doing and what I want to be doing and how I'm supposed to bring those two things together to get what I need and what I want out of this experience and it wasn't until i went to uwl that i really started realizing that like i guess i can kind of do whatever i want the reason i did what i did with my senior show is because i wanted to show that as a performer i, I why do i have to follow all these rules that's the point like there's not supposed to be all these rules and so yeah i did the first half of my recital as a classical uh, art song aria recital. I was a music major with a theater minor. And then the second half of my recital was all musical theater. And I started with uh BA. I called the BA in theater instead of BA in music or, or, or BA in English from uh, Avenue Q and then also purpose from Avenue Q. And then right after that, I did um, a little more mascara from La Cage aux Foles. And yeah, I did. I, I, I didn't put any makeup on because I had to keep going, but I did a full drag right. look. Um, I basically showed up as Gladys um without her makeup um because i used gladys's wigs and and gladys's uh heels but and i felt like that was my favorite part of the show even though it wasn't my favorite song in the show it was my favorite part of the show to do because i felt like a it was very liberating and I don't think anybody was shocked and yet it was still shocking to some people I think in some mm-hmm. ways like those two boys sitting in that row which those, those two I also boys. do you remember when I jumped up on the banister next to
0: them yes and- that's what I... and they were they were like about ready to dash to the and door. You could see it in the
1: video. They like they face forward. They like go to look at me for a second, and then they're like, no, like they're just like rigidly staring forward. And the whole audience, I didn't know why everyone was laughing. I was like, this isn't that funny. I'm just like sitting on it the was banister. It's because of them. And then I slid down the banister, and I like turned around, and I was like, oh, I see. Like like trying not to get too distracted by it, but I was like, oh, I see now. <laughs> They're very uncomfortable being here right now. We'll just wait till this yeah. next song. Uh, they they followed
0: longer. the uh, they followed the Homer Simpson logic. If I can't see it, it doesn't exist. Yeah, there you go. And then I did <laughs> yeah, the gay right. vampire that monologue.
1: That was the other thing. Yes, yeah, was... the, the the vampire who doesn't like being a vampire because it's all gloomy and doom. And I just wish it. Could I love be more that fabulous. monologue. <laughs> it was
0: yes. it's the from a very silly a show,
1: model. but mm-hmm. but group therapy and the undead. <laughs>
0: oh it was great um yeah and that's something i always admired about you and i think what we learned one thing we learned in our group of as we call the, the island of misfit toys <laughs> uh, it's not about it's it's changing changing the target changing the goal changing the definition of success you know it, it's pounded especially in i guess the the art world, it's kind of you we're conditioned to see like be taught this is what success looks like. This is what you want to strive for. And you don't. You don't have to. It can mean it is it is whatever you want it to be. Um and that's what I got out of that show. And what I got out one of the best things I got out of learning and working with you. And especially from our friendship, because you I met you at a very pivotal Really rough time in my life, and so you helped me out a lot um, in multiple ways. Um, I wanted to know because um, now we're getting to the part of the Diane Sawyer special where we do the one eighty. Oh, we yes. start out happy, and now we're going to get serious. And it comes out of nowhere. Um, what was your coming out like?
1: Um, so yeah, I, I guess so. It's so like I said before. I guess I guess I kind of alluded to that before. I um, I told a very like core group of friends um and you know they were the ones i trusted they were the ones i felt most comfortable um most comfortable you know letting them know and that was fine for a while you know not very many people in my family knew i didn't tell my my siblings until later later in my senior year like i was i was very like mum's the word about it you know um when it came to my family and i never had a relationship in high school so it never really came up uh, I found out after the fact that my parents were asking around to other family members. And my, my aunt that I mentioned on episode three about allyship actually came back at my dad was uh, cause um, he he asked her and uh, she basically said like, well, I'm not really sure if that matters. And also maybe you should ask him yourself. Was, was basically her response? She told me this later. And I was like, huh? So they, they knew, but they didn't say anything. And I guess, I didn't really come out to my parents until I had a partner, until I was about to get married. Uh, (laughs) Really? Yeah, I don't think I ever really came out and just said it to them because the timing was never right. I remember there were like three moments where I thought it was gonna happen and I was like ready to do it. And then like the moment I would intake breath, something would happen and it was like a weird sign from the universe like mm. just don't do it um which i was probably reading wrong because i think it probably would have been better had i done that because um then like my parents didn't come to my wedding and it was just this big debacle and it 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 kind of like strained our our relationship for a while but i think what what ultimately it showed me is that like as a queer individual one of my biggest uh strengths and one of the things that i that i really like hold on to is that I know how to get through life on my own if I have to but I know that I have a chosen family around me that I can call on when I need and that they can call on me when they need me and I always find that that makes a family much more obviously than blood and yeah it's just it's um it's 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 been kind of an interesting journey that way and I think as I've started to kind of now I'm publicly coming out as non-binary on this podcast, and i I made a couple posts on Facebook, and I'm just kind of letting the world know it's um it's again, I'm not gonna sit people down like in the chair like, okay, there's something I really need to tell you like i can't I can't <laughs> with that anymore. You know what I mean? Like that kind of after school special style coming out is just beyond me i'm thirty one years old. I'm too goddamn old for it. like let's just like let's get to it <laughs> um and but, but at yeah. the same time, there's still a little bit of like I don't want to put myself in that one-on-one situation with anybody right now because I don't A, I don't need their commentary. I don't really even need anybody's I do need some acceptance about it but but I don't need anybody's like permission I guess is what right. I'm saying. Like like I don't need like anybody's blessing And I,
0: I Right and I think that's kind of what you're getting at with the whole PSA style like what we probably grew up thinking it had like being taught this is what it had to be like because that's what we saw in, in the media and you know what we saw other people doing and oh, it's yeah. not so much that It's not so much about, you know, we don't care about that person that we don't want to give them the time of day. It's that it's really not about them. It's about us as the individual. It's our life. And, you know, it's our choice if we want to tell them, if we want to include them in our lives. But we don't necessarily owe it to them. You know, th- there's definitely times where people do need sort of their hand held, and it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time to accept. It takes it takes a lot of patience mm-hmm. with certain people. And one of the biggest things I'll quickly say to uh, people, young young queerlings that are coming out, if if you are going through a rough time, if you if you're not getting the support you need, um, the best thing I can do aside, I, best advice I could give aside from you know if you're in a dangerous situation then get out but if you're not in a dangerous situation and it's still very difficult it takes a lot of work and a lot of patience but stand strong it, you know you have to believe in yourself and it will the people that matter in your life will get there um but i but i totally agree with what you're saying Kyle that you know there comes a point where we can't make it about other people. We have to just do it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that, and I, and I like that about you. And I, that's such a strength you have that I've learned from too. Because I'm such a fucking people pleaser, <laughs> you know, like I am all the time. Well, well what would you prefer? Like, you know, but, <laughs> but yeah. So, um, oh, good stuff so far. Good stuff. No, I'm. I I, I feel like
1: yeah i i I love what you're saying there because because I think I think part of it is when we're when we're when we're telling or like encouraging is a better word younger queerlings to stand strong. it's not like, you know, like like stand strong and put up with the bullshit. It's more stand strong and like like know that that who you are is okay and that who you right. are is real and who you are is legitimate and and also that our email address is listed under here like like we can help put you in contact with people who can help especially if you're in our area it's just we are an interconnected group of humans through the internet that um has made it easier for people to seek help and i think sometimes people just don't know where to turn so i want to make it make it clear that that we we can be an advocate for for you we can be there for you and also you know turn to the people, just like you said, turn to the people who are getting it already because those people are already there, you know? Right.
0: And yeah. and and sometimes it takes a little work and a little effort and a little patience, but some of those other people will come around. Some mm-hmm. of them won't, but you do have to take care of yourself first and foremost. And as Kyle said, and I will say the same thing, we here, the three of us, Kyle, myself, Austin, our friends, us three here, we our email addresses are, we're open to your, your comments, your, your stories, your questions, you know, we'll, we'll be there for you. We've, we've been through it. We're still going through it. Um, And even if, if you're not just coming out and you're new, even if this is something you've been dealing with all your life and you're still not finding your place in the universe, well, we can, we can help you through that. We can, we can just listen. If you need someone to talk to, just listen, we are, we are here for you all. Um, And we love you all. And we're very thankful for you following with us on this journey so far. It's been a lot of fun. And yes, these are the kinds of things that we want to talk about in in these little mini episodes, just kind of getting to know. It's a way for you to get to know us a little better. Um, And also, you know, we get these lovely little moments where we have, you know, the lesson of the day. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. The lesson of the day. (laughs) Yeah. What did we learn today, kids? Oh, remember? (laughs) Growing up, they they managed to ruin any good show because any good show, they'd cut out five minutes of it with, let's talk about what we learned today. Like there was, <laughs> I remember like, okay, so I was a huge fan of Sailor Moon, okay? So I was I was an anime kid and mm-hmm. Sailor Moon, Sailor Moon was the first thing I ever saw before Pokemon even came out. And, but what I didn't know is that they were airing, four kids was airing, <laughs> they would edit the episode to make it more American-friendly, and then they would take out really good parts of the episode so that they could fit in the lesson of the day. And the lesson of the day had nothing to do with the episode. It was like, hey, I know you're fighting crime, and I know you're being a badass bitch, but did you wash your brush your teeth today? <laughs> it's like, I don't care about that. Oh, gee, mister. See... Yeah, like, I want to see... <laughs> this badass bitch in her sailor outfit <laughs> chuck her tiara at this monster and a yes. stick to, to like change them back into a normal person i don't care about brushing my teeth or tying my shoes or making sure i get a daily balanced breakfast okay <laughs> but um so yeah that, we're, that's not what, what we're trying to do here the lesson of the day um but it is something that that i really wanted to talk about with you because Um, I know a lot about Kyle because he's been a really dear friend of mine for a long time, but I really didn't know a lot of what it what your queer experience has been like outside of the little bit we've known each other in the grand scheme of things. So I think that was a really good, good way to start this first mini episode and yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't think there's anything else we could really talk about. We could, but I don't think we're going to. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not today. Maybe next time. Maybe not today. There's plenty of things we could talk about. This isn't the end of our friendship. Like, oh, we've run out of things to say. So <laughs> oh, I, I guess, guess um, well I guess I guess that's it.
1: June thirtieth, twenty twenty. End of Pride Month. That was it. That was the end. Huh.
0: <laughs> June thirtieth. Yeah, June thirtieth, seven fifty nine. Hmm. Oh, wow. Time of death and <laughs> <a> friendship. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll wrap it up here. Kyle, I love you. I'm so glad we're, we're friends and family. To all of, all of our listeners, our supporters, anyone in the queer community, anyone who needs an ally, we love you. We're here for you. Um, if you enjoy this podcast, obviously subscribe, share it around with your friends, your family that bitch at work you hate and she needs to get a lesson learned, <laughs> um, just share it around and um, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You can find us there. Our email address is listed. We've also got plenty of uh, other things that you can you know, talk about. We've talked about charities to donate to. We've talked about organizations to support. Um, yeah, so from, all, from the both of us here, since Austin's not <laughs> here, we like to say, Cheers, cheers. Queers! Oh, that's so much easier with two people. It's so much easier. We still didn't get it on time, but I kind (laughs) of like it.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of Steer Queer. Just a reminder that we are posting resource documents and ways to get involved and donate in the description so we can all continue to learn and grow and be involved. And a reminder to live your best life and be your best self and to always steer it queer. From all of us here, we love you. Thank you for listening.